Welcome to Tales from Baja. We are recording from our backyard today. I think this might be the second recording we've done from our backyard, but it's a beautiful day in La Mesa, California. La Mesa is about 20 minutes from the border, and uh, we have a, a special guest. I mean, we're, we're an animal family. Our dog is from Rosarito, mm -hmm. and yep. uh, we have... Rescued. Mm -hmm. Yep, a rescue from Rosarito, and we have the, the founder of the Animal Pad, Stephanie Nissan. How are you? Good, how are you? We are great. We are great. It's always Welcome. exciting for us to, to talk about animals. You know, we, we talked before the podcast that we recorded a, a podcast with Pretty Horses Rescue last year. One of our, the most fun we had is we were recording with tons of animals around. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So I, I guess I want to start off by talking about your passion. How did you start the animal, the animal pad? And, and why did you start it? So I've, my whole life, I've been obsessed with animals. I mean, I was that annoying girl in science class that protested the frog dissection. Mm -hmm. I became, I'm basically a lifelong vegetarian, um, just out of choice. Nice. And obviously I grew up with cats and dogs and I didn't have, for the majority of my childhood, I was the only child. Mm -hmm. So those were my siblings, uh -huh. you know, and by nature, I'm a caretaker. So mm -hmm. providing for them and making their lives better just brought me a ton of joy. So I knew at some point I would do something in the animal world, charity, you know, start an organization, something. I wasn't exactly sure what. Mm -hmm. um, I've always had a dream of opening a no-kill sanctuary mm. for animals, mm -hmm. um, and which is still the dream. And um, in 2007, I was looking to adopt another dog, and there was an ad for a dog that was going to be euthanized the next day oh, at a yeah. shelter in L.A. And I was like, what do you mean, euthanized the next day, huh? Like that happens, like that's a real thing that they just give them a timeline. And through that, through communicating with the girls who later find out were rescue networkers, um, who network shelter dogs from high kill shelters. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I dove in, I ended up adopting the dog. Oh. Um, you still have the dog? I do still do, Diego. Um, <laughs> and he, he was my first experience with real animal abuse in oh. terms of he had cigarette burns on his stomach. His oh. mouth had been taped shut at some point because oh. all the hair, you could tell that it had been. Oh my God. So obviously that really sparked a fire in yeah. me. And so I started doing tons of research, like let's figure out what's going on with these shelters. Come to find out some of the highest kill shelters in the nation mm -hmm. are here in Southern California. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a couple years go by. I mean, I'm young at this point mm -hmm. and dealing with my dog who was human aggressive, dog aggressive. I mean, it was, you know, he's he still, trauma. yeah. He had, he had all trauma. So I, um, in 2010, I finally just pulled the trigger and I just, for um, a recent interview I did, I was just going through all of my emails when I, you know, when TAP started and found the email, when I, the first email I sent out to my friends and family in October of 2010 and said, I'm finally doing it. I'm finally going to start my animal organization. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Ultimate goal is a sanctuary. I thought I was going to do an umbrella charity where I would collect donations and then allocate them to high kill shelters to hope, hopefully reduce the euthanasia rates. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, you know, I reached out to our local animal control. I grilled them, said, you know, I, 
let me pick your brain. Mm -hmm. um, they gave me some amazing information. They said, you know what? We don't need another sanctuary or another shelter. We need more fosters and more foster-based rescues. Mm. And that was it. We became a foster-based rescue. So it takes several, it takes a long time to get your tax-exempt status. So I Googled, how do you start a nonprofit? Yeah. And it was, okay, you got to incorporate first. Mm -hmm. You got to form a corporation. So I did that. Um, and then in 2012, we obtained the uh, 501c3 nonprofit status. And that's when we really started doing a lot of rescue from high kill shelters in San Bernardino, which are some of the most insane kill rates you've ever seen. Uh, I mean, it was just, there's something called Hayden's Act, which is a certain amount of days that they have to give a dog to live. They were violating that left and right because it would be a matter of two days of a dog entering. Adoptable, it doesn't matter. Cute puppy, they were killing them. Oh my! And it God. was horrible. And the only way that you could actually exit the dogs from the shelter as a rescue is you had to physically go up there. Oh I couldn't even just send like a volunteer. It had right. to be the registered person. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy time. Um, and then about four or five years ago, we turned our attentions to the streets of Mexico. Okay. And, and how did that happen? Had, you, had so, you been going down? Did somebody tell you? So, you know, growing up in San Diego, mm -hmm. I grew up partying in TJ. <laughs> um, Me yep, too. Yep. And I lived there, <laughs> essentially. Right. Um, <laughs> At least every Wednesday and Saturday Well, night. <laughs> I mean, Wednesday, well, I would say Tuesday through Sunday. <laughs> but my boyfriend was a bartender there. Okay. And so, What you bar? Know, uh, well, that was Mysteries back in the mysteries, day mysteries okay. and safaris they're the nice oh, safaris yeah i was uh, Same owner. mr crowns and escape escape and the house oh my gosh those were oh, my three yep animales I'm, I'm a little older than you but are. still they were still there i mean they're not there anymore i don't think no um, i think no, the no, house i don't think I, don't, I think that whole i don't think even people like these new kids coming out i know like even our kids you know that are patrick henry yeah like i that's th those days are it's a very different mexico very yeah, different. different yeah, yeah. They, they don't, they don't go down there. there and so i um and i actually did live i lived in um cuernavaca mm. which is more in mainland oh, nice. i studied my major was spanish in college oh, very um, nice. my minor was chicano studies so oh, okay. i'm so like a mexican at heart yes got it. Got very it. much so and so and it was yes. so funny because when i lived in cuernavaca i was studying in school i would always carry dog treats in my purse when we would go out to nightclubs mm -hmm. and like literally at the night when i'd come out there's like a, there's my dogs <laughs> <laughs> waiting for me my dog yeah. were, the dogs were like that's the lady that's gonna come out yeah and like <laughs> even tj every night like i would go to the hot dog stands and go buy them all hot dogs and <laughs> you know i just i that's knew great. the plight of the mexican street dogs intimately <laughs> yes um and then you know when i was in a position to actually do something you know at that point it was we were so entrenched in the shelter system mm. um and i didn't want to turn away from it and mm. when the shelter system got to the point where we would show up to rescue dogs and another rescue would fight me for those dogs and say well i'm here to rescue a1375 and i'm like cool a thousand more are gonna die today so i'll just go pick another one yeah but and so when that started happening i was like you know i don't think we're as needed Right. here mm -hmm. i mean if if rescues mm -hmm. are in a position that they're well, cherry picking dogs and yeah. fighting over dogs which so is right. not what it's about yeah right. i'll go where we're more needed which yeah. is right. the streets of mexico right. so there's very there were very few rescues operating in mexico mm -hmm. um in i mean i should say in tijuana right. when we started right um and it very much felt like we were alone on yeah. an island here and it's just us against the streets mm -hmm. and and getting these guys out and 
as time went on, our rescue network developed and our volunteer base got bigger and our reach got wider. Mm. Um, and then we started working with a shelter in Ensenada mm. called Eoson La Razón. Mm. Um, and Which, by the way, means they are the reason. And they are. They're the reason for everything. Mm. So um, that shelter is just totally overrun. Um, they operate on the same land as the pound, as the actual Ensenada pound, and the government gives the land for free to the woman who runs it mm -hmm. um, to operate her no-kill operation. Mm -hmm. But they're equipped for about 40 dogs, maybe mm -hmm. 50 dogs, and regularly have over 300. Oh, my God. Um, and that's a whole nother podcast <sighs> about not knowing your limits and making sure you can take care of the dogs in your care before you start bringing more in and yeah. that's a whole nother thing so we the dogs there are desperate i mean i i'm talking they throw food on the floor and it's kind of a fight to the death for the food mm. um and they don't always have enough <clears throat> food for every day so these dogs quite often go three four days without food yeah. Yeah. without water um, so we started doing a lot of rescue from there and then said, you know what? Like, directly from the shelter. Yeah, directly okay. from the shelter. And we said, you know, I think people would really enjoy this experience because we were trying to, just a small group of us, our, our core volunteers of trying to socialize all the dogs, trying to love on all the dogs, trying to give them all into individual attention. But if there's 15 of us versus 300 of them, right. not going to happen. Yeah. So then we started chartering buses um for 60 volunteers and we charter them down to the shelter it's a whole day event mm -hmm. um we go to the shelter we each dog gets individually fed a very highly nutritious bowl of food mm. um quite often we'll vaccinate all the dogs in the shelter we'll give wow. um brevecto to all the dogs in the shelter we give one-on-one -on -one attention to all the dogs in the shelter mm. so each one of each one of the volunteers cycles through about five or six dogs wow. mm. during the trip and then um after everyone gets fed and medicated and loved on they go back and we take everybody to lunch at planta baja which is um where is that located is it you in wouldn't Ensenada? even know when you drive by it yeah, i've heard of it but drag. i've never been it's on the main what drag planta baja planta baja mm -hmm. and it just looks super unassuming from yeah. the outside just looks like a building mm -hmm. and it has the most insane views you've ever seen really oh my gosh i'll show you pictures okay. and it's phenomenal food nice oh phenomenal thank you for letting us yeah know. so what we well, do mm -hmm. is we rent out their patio Mm -hmm. So after the shelter, I mean, in the shelter, the smells, the way that you smell, I mean, you have to burn your clothes because it's <laughs> so intense. Um, and so everybody gets changed on the bus or at the restaurant. And then we go and everybody's greeted with a margarita. Nice. Um, and we let everybody have a really good time, eat some good food because it's very emotionally draining. Yeah. After yeah. seeing all these dogs, I mean, these dogs are emaciated, riddled with ticks. And uh, I mean, I can't even yeah. begin to tell you. So you have a um, lot of angels with you that come down oh, and do that. Amazing that people decide to dedicate their day to this hard labor. I yeah. mean, yes, they're rewarded in tequila, but still. <laughs> um, and so uh, on the on the volunteer front, over the last ten years, how many volunteers have uh, supported the rescue? Ooh, hard, really hard to know because we're all volunteers, so nobody's sure. paid in the organization. Right. Um, I would say, I mean, we've probably, we've probably had easily a thousand. Wow. Easily. Currently, yeah. my quote unquote full-time volunteers that run the rescue are 105 wow. that do the day-to-day -day operation. So I've got 15 directors 
which many have teams underneath them. Like I've got my adoptions. I have two adoptions directors, for example, co-directors. And then they have a team of about 15 adoption coordinators underneath them um, that help, you know, facilitate the adoption process. Same thing with my fosters. I've got, you know, foster co-directors, and then they're a team of about 25 foster coordinators who are the point of contact for the fosters during the foster process. Um, same thing with my vetting team. I mean, it's it's a full-scale operation, and everybody's so dedicated to it. And like I said, it's about 105 for the full-time day-to-day. Mm. I mean, that's, that's amazing to me. What I'm thinking about right now is the organizational structure of the organization and did you know how to run an organization when you started this and and absolutely not absolutely not I just knew that I had this passion and Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a big problem and I had to fix it right and so again I really didn't know and I just googled all right how do you start this nonprofit how do you do this Um, but that's one of been a, a very big learning lesson for us we're having some technical <laughs> difficulties. Our dog, our dog is trying to, is, uh, to kiss yeah. and Thank be you. with her. She's wrapped up in the cords. Ooh, it's hilarious. Oh, no, she's smart. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she needs more love. I mean, this dog is... Clearly, I can't take a picture. It's so funny, this that dog. So our dog is our Winnie. Dog she's is. from Rosarito. She was a rescue. She is super aggressive to other dogs. But it's, well, we'll post some of these pictures. But she is a lover. I mean, yeah, this very kid much so. loves the kisses. So Very much for, so. No. Sorry for interrupting. No, yeah, please. And, and, I'm gonna go, and I want to go back to what, and to finish, to have, have you finish what, you know, so you guys have the margaritas. Uh, you, you know, say thank you to all the, all the, uh, the volunteers, that they're volunteers. Yeah. And then you, you come back across across the border. We come back across the border, and then um, either simultaneously or the next day, we transport dogs up. Wow. Because when we first started doing the trips, we were just renting big passenger vans yeah. and driving them down and then transporting the dogs back up. And no lunch and no margaritas, obviously, because yeah. we were Where were, were the dogs? Were they in cages? or? So, yeah, we just... load up the, the vans with crates. Okay. And then okay. we just... It's like Tetris, and yeah. you fit them all in there. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, we still do that. Um, and that was a much more intense experience because it was a smaller group. So it was groups of, you know, 30, mm-hmm. maybe 40, mm-hmm. um, all driving down separately. And then having to wait in a very long border wa- line right. um, after a very stressful, emotional, yeah. ups and down kind of day. Mm-hmm. And which is a very cool experience in terms of you are, I mean, that is roots, the, that right. you are on the ground. Yeah. You are doing this rescue. You're and getting you're dirty. you're crossing like the fit, dogs. Yes. To yes. become, you get to watch the whole process. You're a part yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. And to have them become U.S. citizens. So that's a very beautiful experience, but it was strenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we started chartering the buses, I mean, can I just tell you, it just for me, got so much more enjoyable because I was always the van driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, but just to be able to, have everybody decompress together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. actually talk and reflect about the experience yeah. yes. um, is very is very cool. And for us, what's even better is after we get every you know everybody gets intoxicated and we get back <laughs> on the bus is when we do our ask. Yeah. And we say, okay, <laughs> pull out your wallet. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, in a in a way that you know we're all we're donation 100 percent donation based. Yeah. So yeah. people see what we're dealing with. Yeah. There. Right. Um, our vet bills are not like everybody else's vet bills. Each one of these dogs, minimum $500 just to get them 
okay. Right. On top of, then we've got to do the spay and neuter. Then we've got to do all of that. So these dogs cost us a lot. So we developed what's called our our VIP sponsorship program. Mm -hmm. So if there's a dog that one of the volunteers bonded to Mm -hmm. during one of those trips, we say, meet us in the middle at halfway, Mm -hmm. fundraise $250, go back, set up a Facebook fundraiser, raise money from your peers, um, raise $250, and that way it just offsets the costs for us a little bit. Um, And then we'll work on bringing them up. That's cool. Once you've raised that money. Do um do the volunteers pay to to go down on the trip? So they pay um <clears throat> it enough to cover it's like fifteen dollars a person for the bus. Yeah. yeah. And right. twenty five for lunch. Right. Oh so my God. we and we don't make any money on it. Yeah. We actually lose money on on quite yeah. often. Right. Yeah. Um but we wanna keep it attainable and affordable for everybody to be a part of right. this experience. Because mm-hmm. if I could I'd love to get it subsidized and right. that way everybody could just do it for free right um and come down but it's just enough to cover the costs of the actual trip our our daughters would love that they would love to do that do you have an age limit so we do say 18 18. um just because it could you imagine we're like transporting a bunch of 12 year olds down there are i just yeah scary yeah um but we have made some some exceptions with the parents if they come and the child's you know 16 17 mature enough to know how to handle these dogs because we also don't know how these dogs interact with children right And we never want to put a child in danger. Right. So yeah. an adult, sure, get bit. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we don't want to put kids in danger. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about the actual organizational structure, um, that's been a huge learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start an organization like this, you obviously start it with your heart. Mm-hmm. And you think, like, with your heart. Right. And what I learned very quickly mm-hmm. was I've got to run this thing like a business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we won't survive. Mm-hmm. We saw I would see rescues open and close all the time. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And when you're thinking with your heart, not always making the most sound. Business decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you've got a very small budget yeah. that you've got to do miracles with. Yes. And you've got a lot of volunteers and a lot of people mm-hmm. depending on you and a lot of dogs depending on your rescue to succeed to be able to come in i took that very seriously so we have an entire we are basically run like a corporation Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. departments and you know um it's so funny right before i got here i was just on a call with this software that's going to help us manage Mm -hmm. um communication among all the departments because there's a lot of moving parts in a foster Mm -hmm. based rescue especially when you don't have a facility yeah you know so and especially from mexico we're foster 100% 100% foster. foster. So we so every, do have all the fosters all over San Diego. All over San Diego. Um, we do have um, a kennel facility in Spring Valley that we partially rent out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and we have volunteers there morning, noon, and night. So you bring you, you bring dogs. Let's say the ones that you bring from Mexico. You bring them to the Spring Valley location, and then from there they get exactly. fostered. Exactly. So we bring them there for a 10-day quarantine mm-hmm. period. We learned again. Everything's been a learning lesson. Yeah. You know, you've got. Mexican canine diseases that we're not used to dealing with Mm -hmm. here the amount of education that our vets have gotten from us I mean there's canine STDs that Mm. are insane and run rampant TBT is the name of um, the main one Mm -hmm. and it creates these large tumors in the dogs and the only treatment is chemotherapy and chemotherapy isn't cheap Um, and I would say 40 30 to 40 percent of our dogs that we rescue have TBT Oh my um, and that's because the shelter also doesn't separate the dogs, the boys from the girls, or oh. puts, there's no intake, she has no intake process, so she'll mm-hmm. put 
sick dogs in with healthy unknowingly she's right. not doing it intentionally of right. course but she's just really not overwhelmed yeah. yeah um and so we had to take matters into our own hands and that's why we started doing the mass um campaigns with the vaccines mm -hmm. because we were getting dogs with distemper and it's preventable with a cheap vaccine mm -hmm. just contact the manufacturer merck Mm -hmm, created mm -hmm. an account and now we buy them directly from the manufacturer we buy three four hundred at a time mm -hmm. um we have a volunteer vet that comes with us and a couple mm -hmm. of our volunteers are rns so they're comfortable injecting mm -hmm. and we give them Just all the vaccines it. because we've got to protect is it, it's a very large upfront investment for us right um for dogs that will likely there's some dogs that we're never going to bring into the rescue yeah but it's worth it because we're protecting the ones that we are going to take it's creating herd immunity right. it's and a, dist a death from distemper is miserable yeah is it's it? miserable parvo cakewalk i'll take any dog with parvo don't give me a distemper dog yeah and distemper is the mexico because it, it attacks their central nervous system uh. um so and which is just traumatic on my fosters on yeah. the volunteers on our social media followers who are invested in these stories i mean it was just heartbreaking i mean and to this day something that i really do pride us on is you know I would say total, we've put to sleep less than 25 dogs ever. Wow. So we're you very, have... you know, we fight. We fight mm -hmm. for the dogs. But on the other hand, am I going to put $5,000 into that dog? Or am I going to buy $5,000 worth of vaccines that could save the lives of 500 dogs? Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's where you've got to separate the, the business mind from your heart. Because, yeah. and there's a lot of decisions I have to make that the team doesn't necessarily agree with. Mm -hmm. And I get it. But my duty is to protect the rescue right yeah and to make sure that we can keep operating because if we close down if we shut down mm -hmm. and we're on track to rescue a thousand dogs this year that's a thousand lives that wouldn't get saved yeah that's thousand. amazing a thousand dogs wow, and just last lot. year alone you rescued in the we, neighborhood of 300 -ish. yeah we didn't do a ton we did that's when we were really working on the that's mass campaign campaigns down there so we did 319 all that's year last lot. year hey, um and so far during quarantine we're almost at 400 Wow. Oh and my. that's since March 1st. What? Yeah. So you did all that you did. So basically you matched the all of last year's rescues in Beat it. two months. Yep. What do you attribute that to? So quarantine um, has provided a very interesting dynamic for us um, in terms of we have more foster homes than we know what to do with oh, because everybody's home that's incredible I and see. they're deciding yeah. to do something positive with their time they're mm -hmm. just so beautiful yes and they want to foster and they want to adopt Aww. and it's been like I, I was saying earlier it feels so weird to say it but it's this has been the best thing to happen to our rescue but mm -hmm. in all over the place you're hearing there's record adoptions everywhere which there should be some caution with that too that it's an emotional sure. decision during quarantine then you got to go back to work yeah um but with the fostering that's normally the thing that we're begging for begging right. for fosters because i can only save as many dogs as i have foster, foster homes for, homes for. Mm -hmm. so i would definitely say it's people they're home yeah they want a positive focus um and there was just a didn't uh, california just pass the law uh was it last year uh, with uh no more uh, uh making puppy mills it's Ill illegal now. Yeah, that, and you can't sell, pet stores can't sell dogs from yes. puppy mills. They have to have rescue dogs. Right. Um, there's been a lot of kind of controversy around that because oh. it's so interesting. So it's like the county of, or city of San Diego mm -hmm. passed that. No pet stores can, there was a big one in Mission Valley that had to shut down. But for example, 
you know, I know there's one in National City that's still operating. And they're like, well, we're not City of San Diego. Uh So we can still operate. Uh And, um, you know, that's been one of our big battles. You know, listen, there's really not enough laws protecting dogs and Mm -hmm. especially puppy mill dogs. I mean, and you drive out to San Bernardino, like where I used to rescue from. I mean, there's just the worst backyard breeders Mm -hmm. you can imagine. I mean, here they're everywhere in San Diego. Backyard breeders are I yeah. can't tell you how many times it's quote unquote Craigslist rescue Ew. where you have to rescue off. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Well, it's great that there's people like yourself that, that give these puppies and these dogs a voice because they don't have a voice. They don't. And they it's need people say. like you yeah. and your volunteers. Has there been a moment maybe early on uh, when you're building the rescue where you sat back and said, Oh my gosh, I'm really making a difference. Probably going back years. Yeah. Um, Well, so I've never done this alone. You know, I always tell people I I get all the credit and I shouldn't. I mean, sure, I I got it started and sure, I'm the figurehead here and I I run the operation. But this Mm -hmm. is impossible to do alone. And I've always had a team. Mm -hmm. And the team, that's who inspires me every Mm day and you know I'm very hard on myself Mm -hmm. so I don't sit back enough and say wow look at this Mm -hmm. but when I see my team where you know their lives are getting changed because of the rescue because it's so much more than a rescue it's also a community which is really important to me people have met their best friends their spouses their boyfriends their girlfriends there and that's to me what's the most beautiful thing and there's been That's actually cool. not you're kind of like an e-harmony basically i mean we always say well the animal pad is where single dogs come to find love so, <laughs> you know i always say like men should wise up and start coming to more of our events because it's a yeah. bunch of single Court ladies exactly we actually do actually it's interesting i was just looking at our analytics the other day on uh, social media and we're about 50 50 men and women oh, are you? Uh, yeah no. we have okay. a really tremendous but our our demographic is really cool and really interesting lots of younger professionals uh-huh. um, which is really cool to see. And when I see everybody together and when I see that when we're on the trips yeah. are when I look at it and I go, wow, this wow. is cool. Like, yeah, like this yeah. is cool. But I, I always say thinking, it's cool to be a part of it. Right? Yeah. That when you were talking about taking the bus down, p- playing with the dogs and, and then going to plant Baja, that would be like a nice time to kind of sit back and go, you know, yeah. we did something really good today. Yeah. You all did something yeah. really well, good today. Well, that's what we always give a speech yeah. um, during the lunch and a tequila toast yeah <laughs> um because tap the animal pad is also tequila and puppies okay T-A-P. Oh. so okay. oh is tequila that what it is puppies. that what it is Te- no well it's the animal pad but our street name is I tequila like, and puppies i love it tequila you gotta be in the know well and that. so because all of our events all of our adoption events mm-hmm. all of that like you'll never see us in front of a pet co holding leashes on a sunday afternoon right. trying right. to hustle dogs right. you'll f- see us at a brewery holding an event an adoption event because listen it's got to be fun for all of us I mean and it's so we're very out of the box and we're very different and that's what's you know it's in those moments typically like you were saying Mm -hmm. on the trips where I sit back and I'm like look at all these people they get to you know watching people's passion Mm -hmm. develop and grow has been very cool for me that's been a very very rewarding experience for me that's That's cool that's so cool how um how what what tools or how have you grown your um foster network i mean is that how is that process i actually attribute that a lot to the social media Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a really good following we should probably just shout that out your 
the at the animal, animal pad on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then tap activist is also um, tap activists on Instagram, tap act on Facebook, and tap activists on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. And you can people can contact you at info at theanimalpad.com. Correct. Or just go to theanimalpad.com. Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Dot org. I know okay. it's confusing because our emails are dot com and our don't even get me started. And your on website that whole and your website is dot, dot org. org. Got yeah. it. Got it's it. dot org. Um, but yeah, our social media is really active and it's really fun. And I think that's also what's really helped drive the community force that we have behind us is people want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And they realize after coming to one event mm -hmm. that this is a family. This isn't anything I've ever really been used to. You know, mm -hmm. people are always yeah. like, what? This is a rescue. And it's like, it's so much more yeah. than just that. Yeah. Um, and I think people just wanting to be involved and people, when people go on these trips with us, mm -hmm. I mean, the trips, our last trip sold out in four minutes. Wow. And that's how it's, and it's so funny, even like my cousin was like, I'm sitting here waiting because we have to now announce it date. Like we would announce it a month in advance and say tickets will go on sale at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. at this time. And it's first come, first serve. I mean, that's just how it's gotten. It's like a puppy Coachella. It, that's and that's exactly <laughs> what my cousin said. She was like, I feel like I'm sitting here like trying to buy Coachella tickets. Like I'm so worried it's going to sell out. And I was like, that's, but that's so cool. That's so wonderful. That's so cool. So when people go down there and they meet these dogs and they see how forgiving these dogs are that have clearly been through the ringer mm -hmm. and how resilient and how they just want love mm -hmm. and sometimes it's human interaction for their first time that yeah. these dogs are getting yeah. that changes people forever mm -hmm. and they know that they have to be a part of the difference mm -hmm. and a lot of them have chosen to, to um, foster their sponsor dog mm -hmm. that they sponsor Wait, so would you say that then, uh, because you're obviously, this is so successful, it, we were talking about how it comes from the heart, and then it has to, in order to be successful, in order to grow, it has to have a, a business, uh, you know, structure, and would you say that then it, it starts, you know, social media increases the reach, then they go down, the people go down there, and is that really where they're really, like, hooked? Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. That, that, and then they become fosters, so they foster them, adopt themselves. Yep. So you've got, you've got really have the formula down. Right. I mean, and and it was kind of by mistake. It wasn't anything that you know. I'm not some business genius that you know laid this all out and this is how it's going to work. I mean, I do have very much a business minded brain, mm -hmm. um, but I had no idea the what was going to come from these trips mm -hmm. and that has completely changed the organization wow. completely because people get to do hands-on rescue right all the a lot of these other rescues you're getting a dog from a shelter right which is just as needed my heart's there too my heart is very much in our shelter system right. but you know i always say as as crazy as it sounds is at least our shelter dogs get the luxury of a humane euthanasia mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they don't have that luxury on the streets of mexico yeah you know because right. we're not just rescuing from this shelter in Ensenada. There is other rescues we work with right. in Ensenada. There are individuals that are doing this rescue. We have a huge rescue network in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. We still rescue a lot from TJ. We still go out on the streets and we feed. Actually, right now, last night we had a director's meeting um, and we were, there, there was this donation that we won um, from a social media campaign. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, we're gonna spend the funds. And mm -hmm. something I've really wanted to do are the street feeders. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're made out of like PVC pipe mm -hmm. and they're attached to like street poles and at the bottom there's an opening so you could have dog food in there, water really? for the street dogs really? or aliens. Yeah. Um, wow. Because right now with 
Baja, mm-hmm. um, in quarantine, a lot of these street dogs depend on the people in the street streets for food. the food, the yeah. street food, yeah. the water. They the don't restaurants. have that Aww. right now. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, want to think of something that they could, that we could provide them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be a really cool thing for us to do. And that's yeah. something that hopefully we'll do in the next couple of weeks. That's yes. cool. And so, you know, you, you've talked a, a little bit about some ways you get funding through this grant that you won, uh, through your trips. and um, But what are some other ways that people can help in, in donating and helping fund the organization? So we, um, our big dependable income is what's called our TAP pack. Okay. Our TAP pack are our monthly donors. Okay. Um, people give anywhere from $5 to $200 a month. Mm. Um, and that income is so important for Mm -hmm. us to be able to budget because we are not qualified for the majority of grants because we rescue from Mexico. They want it to, even though we're rehoming them all in the States and it's very much an American organization. Uh I'm not licensed in Mexico. My 501c3 is here, but it disqualifies us from a lot of grants. Um, Um, So we also are very, very creative with our events, which obviously have come to a halt. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're known for our events and our out of the box Ah. events. So one of our, I'd say our most popular event is Mm -hmm. called the S and N event, which stands for span neuter, Uh but it's S and M themed. Oh, nice. You guys do like that fun. We do. We really do. So, um, we, it was in like a dungeon type bar yeah um and we had burlesque dancers we had drag queens and harnesses handing out um you know hors d'oeuvres was it at a nightclub called boudoir no no it should be though yeah (laughs) well there used to i don't know what it's called now but there used to be a a, a club i know exactly what you're talking about yeah (laughs) so and it's um and you know we had condoms made with our logo (laughs) on it and said leave the humping to the humans oh my um and all the funds raised from that went to our span neuter camp um campaign and funds because we recently right before covid hit we did a span neuter campaign at the shelter in ensenado and we Mm -hmm. were able to span neuter 66 dogs during that trip and there was only like 10 of us so it was it was intense but so all the funds from that go to span neuter campaigns Mm -hmm. um so we try to be really really creative Mm -hmm. uh with our fundraising um which is so important it's so key it is and like we have a lot of partner um really cool online either social media companies or you know dog food companies or dog apparel companies that partner with us that give us a percentage of proceeds yeah um which has been really really cool too i read somewhere that you partnered with a dispensary here (laughs) locally in (laughs) san diego something with like doggy cbd oil march nash yeah Yeah. nice yeah Yeah, so we um they were donating on a regular basis um bottles of the vet cbd oil which Mm -hmm. for mexico rescue dogs is very needed right which you guys know yeah our dog dog has yeah we've uh, yeah she she has been on cbd since yeah i mean now she it's she's four years old and i think Mm -hmm. we started giving it to her uh, I mean, she, you know, she has a lot of anxiety. You know what happens right. when they have anxiety from all the trauma. They're always bad digestive problems. Right. And, um, so CBD is the only thing that it's works. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, and for humans, too. I of mean, course, it's just yeah. phenomenal. And so um, imagine you're rescuing dogs that 
come from the street, so they're roaming around all the time, freedom. So right. you imagine trying to put those street dogs, mm -hmm. not only in a, confine them in a foster home, but then we want to confine them in a crate if, if the right. foster decides to crate train them. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So CBD has been a huge help for yes. us. Um, and March and Ash, um, every Christmas time, does yeah. a big food dog food drive for us. Oh. And then they give their patrons a you know percentage off of their purchase. That's awesome. Um, so it's been really cool. And I think the local breweries, we partner with a lot of local breweries. Every month we do what's called the Tap Fam Meetup, mm -hmm. which is just a meetup of anybody who's, you're a volunteer, you're yeah. an adopter, you're a foster. Come as you are, bring your dog, let's have a beer yeah. and enjoy each other. That's fun. You know, that's what that's what we're about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very much. You've definitely been able to tap uh, something in people, right? And I think that that creativity, right, which is fueled by that passion you were talking about, right? You know, there, that, and I think that that's. I'm sure you could agree. You know, that 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 that's still there. Yep, that's where that creativity is coming yep. from. Yeah, which then feeds the business. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of fun to think about. You know, you've you've fostered and adopted out thousands of dogs and it doesn't just stop there. You know, the families that are positively affected by having those dogs yep. and friends that come over, that get to meet the dogs yep. and the dogs themselves that mm. have, you know, it, it just, and then your whole social family right. that gets to see these stories as well. So that's kind of a, a fun thing. So you're a, when you're not, saving dogs in Baja California yeah. you, you you sell real estate I do um, have you learned anything a real estate that you've applied with the nonprofit or vice versa um, well I just obviously just like to house creatures <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> humans and you know that's home funny. is something that's very important to me mm -hmm. um, and I with real estate I actually specialize in military in okay. um, VA and first-time home buyers oh, because obviously everything I do, I do with my heart. And I can't, you know, real estate agents, um, the majority of the business, they're all used car salesmen and I can't stand half of them. And that's right. why I'm a broker right. and I don't have a ton of agents because I don't, you right. know. And um, it's, you got to do it with heart and giving right. somebody the keys to their first home, there's nothing like it. I've got an idea for you. Yes. So for every home you sell, you provide a dog with it. <laughs> Already done. Already done. That's all I, I had. A in new my idea. first meeting with the client, <laughs> yeah. I always say, "Okay, just know when I hand you those keys, you're gonna get a you're dog. You're gonna get a doggy." The amount of my clients, though, that have become volunteers, fosters, adopters, and it's a disclaimer that I make to a lot of my clients <laughs> right off the bat: is like, "Listen, I run a rescue, mm -hmm. and you know, I I might show up with a dog in the back seat or yeah. smelling like God knows what, but yeah. you know, I'm really good at what I do." So I've, you know, in terms of the business and, and having your own brokerage and having your own company, um, is has lent itself tremendously to how I'm able to run the rescue, yeah. um, and the branding. The branding is huge. So, and everybody yeah. knows that I'm a branding freak. Mm -hmm. Our tap green, that, mm -hmm. that green in that bag, yes. I want it everywhere. Right. Everywhere, and everybody knows you it. Want, yeah. When people see that green, yes, just the they color, think of the animal pad. They think yeah. of the animal And I pad. love it because I can't tell you the amount of times like people will be like, they'll send me a picture of somebody either with an animal pad bag or they'll be like, oh, I saw tap green on a building this, you know, the other day like or whatever. Smiling inside. But I always say my favorite thing in the world to sell is the animal pad. There's mm. nothing I sell better mm. because a I don't need to sell it. Right. Um, but it, it's there's no shame 
Mm-hmm. In you know, I think you have to understand that when you're fundraising, that's a whole nother element, and it's sales it fundraising. Is, right. And a lot of people can't do it because they feel shame. Well, I'm not asking you to give me money so I can go get Botox. Right. I'm asking you to give money so I can get this dog off the street. Right. You know, so you can't have shame in it, and right. that's something that I've had to apply in business as well, mm-hmm. um, with negotiations. Yes. Um, and then very much the I'd say 90% of our budget goes to vet care. Mm. Easily 90%. Um, you know, I've got mm. dogs. We just had a $3,000 surgery, and that dog's adoption fee is going to be $300. Right. You know, so it's, there's a lot. So there's a lot of negotiating that needs to go on. Gap. Yeah, but with the vets themselves. Mm-hmm. I've got to negotiate right. with them, and I've got, we've got, you know, preset pricing and procedures, and yeah. everything's a negotiation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in any type of work that you're doing, you, to be successful, you have to be passionate about that work. Adriana and I talk about this all the time. All the time. Yeah. You have to be passionate about what you're selling, what you're doing. Especially in, especially in sales. We know we're both in sales. And you can kind of fake it till you make it, but it's a miserable yes. existence. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't you, believe in your product, then, then right. people are going to see right through that. Right. I mean, we can tell we've met you for a short time now we can see the passion we can right. feel it right. so and when you're um, passionate about it you're don't there's no selling involved no right no you can feel it yes you can and it feel just it. comes naturally so i have one more question we love going to baja that's what this podcast is all yeah. about the people the places of baja and the do- animals from yeah. baja and the animals we, 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 we always say we always maybe say we need pe- to change that i was going to say we, the people and places and animals of i baja. like it yeah we're going to change that from yep. now on mm-hmm. so Tell us a few places. You, you talked about Planta Baja. Yep. Tell us a few other places you enjoy going to down there. Oof. Um, well, so there's a restaurant in, well, TJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. We, um, listen, we love all of it. Okay. Yeah, and, and TJ. I mean, TJ's got some, it, you know, I think people are, are intimidated by T, t- going to TJ because of the, the streets and the traffic yeah. and not knowing. Right. That's the problem. It's right. like, oh, how am I going to, you know, and you're, and half the times you're struggling to find the sentry lane. Right. Or the oh, the so worst. Isn't it the worst? <laughs> yeah. The sentry, we could, every time we still have an issue. <laughs> yeah. And I, we're there weekly. Yeah. I don't know how it always happens. <laughs> but um, there's right actually off the border, off Ped West, um, there's, I forgot the name of the little plaza. Tele, was it Tele? Telefonica? Not Telefonica. Oh, so okay. that's, we love Telefonica uh-huh. too. Love Telefonica. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually recently put, I don't know how, when the last time you were there, but they recently put like a really cute little like cocktail mm. bar oh, in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I got to try some really good cocktails and I was so excited to go back and then COVID hit. (laughs) Um, But there's a bar called Cereos um, and there's a little coffee shop called Nativo right there and there's a couple, it's called Estacion, I think it's Federal. Oh, okay. Um, And really cute, I mean, it's where all the taxis wait and you just wouldn't even know some of the best cocktails you'll ever have. Handcrafted. Um, The coffee, they've got some amazing coffee drinks. Um, So we love, that's always our, we always call it our nightcap Mm -hmm. after our trips. uh We, the the bus drops us off in TJ Uh and then we all walk across the border together. Uh Well, we always say, all right, all of us are going to go to Sadeos for whoever wants a nightcap and then we'll cross. And so it's good. (laughs) people and the the people that own it big into rescue we're actually taking a dog from them um soon and um so that's what was the name of the place again sedeos sedeos s or c-e-r-e-u-s sedeos i always say serious but it's sedeos is it c-e-r 
E. E. U.S. U.S. Yeah. I wonder what that is. It's it must so be some cute. type of like Cereus. I know. I'm always like, are you like Cereus? A, yeah. <laughs> Serious? Um, and so we love it there. Uh-huh. Um, they're great because we also love places that support rescue. Yes. Great restaurant, La Justina. In TJ, right on oh, Revu. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really high-end, mm-hmm. really interesting food. That's the first time I've ever eaten a cricket. Uh, and as a vegetarian, <laughs> I was like, is this a conflict of interest? I don't know. Can I eat this? Yeah. But I tried it because yeah. peer pressure. Yeah. Um, that place is great. And then, you know, in, in Ensenada, we don't get to enjoy a lot, mm-hmm. which is sad because it's all work. It's all work. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, well, I shouldn't call it work, but it's all. Right, right, right. We're there for a purpose and we usually have 20 dogs in the van. So I can't exactly stop to have lunch. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, Valle. Like I was just, oh, yeah. we were just talking about, it was our director of operations 30th. Um, we discovered some really cool places. That one place, Finca Altozano. Finca yeah. Altozano, yes. I think that's with the farm animals. Yes. So cool. One of our so favorite cool. dogs has, came from there. Yeah. Um, and we're dying to go back because we want to take more dogs. And yes. isn't that a fun place where you're eating and next thing you know, a pig comes up oh, and lays by your foot. It's it just <laughs> like the dogs. The that's, that's what we always, we, we always love. In, in, in Valles, you'll be, you know, in this rustic, beautiful scene, you know, scene, and then all of a sudden, animals, yep. just kind of dogs. Yep. I mean, that that's part of the charm. It is absolutely part of the charm. And you know, it's interesting. So, we do have a very small rescue network in in Valle. We want to do, we want to partner with some of the wineries there and do a big spay and neuter clinic. Yeah. Um. So we've kind of been talking back and forth um, with a couple places about that but one of our uh, rescue partners lives in Valle and we take she takes dogs on her own and then gets them to us oh wow Um, we always say that's the first part of the journey and we handle the rest yeah um and but what's interesting with the dogs there is a lot of the dogs are feral and you don't really think about that because you think feral cats right right? like they're already a very different, a very unique breed right. on their own. Um, but feral dogs. That's I've never been, heard of that. So they're, where they're, they're, they're not used to human interaction whatsoever yeah. because look mm-hmm. at how much land is yeah. out there. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of them, you know, are, and they're not spay neutered. So right. Exactly. And so it's been very interesting. We actually had three of them recently um, and they were bonded and they don't, you have to like teach them how to dog. Right. This they, is how you they play. have no social. This is this is yeah. a human. I I love you. I yeah. just want to give you love. But they're terrified of humans. Not aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Just terrified. Yeah. And it, that's been really interesting to see mm-hmm. in Valle. That's funny because we we stay at a place in Valle de Guadalupe, oh. a gentleman's house. I was about to say. Alex. I was going to tell. I was going to tell the story. Oh, I, I won't even. Well, we're, <laughs> well, I, let me tell, I, I want to hear them both. I think we have a different, yeah. a different part of the well, story. No, okay. So this is the, what I think is funny is you're, you're saying that, you know, those feral dogs, they don't like that human interaction. Right. And well, we go to this place in Valle de Guadalupe. A gentleman's name is Alex, his home that we stay at. And he has these two dogs, El Duque and Blackie. And our dog is pretty aggressive with other dogs. Right. These are the only two dogs our dog Winnie gets along with. Mm. So we've been we've been talking about it because she Winnie hasn't seen her friends Aww. since January. So I'm sure she's itching to go out there and, well, and play I think with them. The Mexican that's also been the interesting between rescuing from a shelter and rescuing Mexican street dogs. Yeah. It's been very interesting because very, very rarely are the Mexican dogs dog aggressive. But from a shelter, yeah. it's like 50% right. are dog aggressive because they travel in packs right. and they depend on other street dogs for right. survival on the street. So you have yeah. to get along. 
I think that I think that doing I think that your work is going to be it's 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 wonderful work. I think what you were saying earlier about changing the mentality, yes. right, is a big thing. Not only uh, on people that are buying the dogs, you know, changing that mentality, but also changing the mentality of the people that live there that refuse to spay or neuter their their street dogs because they're great security dogs. A thousand percent. And I've had I've actually have had this conversation. Uh, with people where I say why why is your dog not uh, neutered and I've gotten responses like because I want him to be a dog yes I want him to be aggressive I want him to be a guard dog and so and and these are educated people that are saying this so it's like that mentality has to change because those dogs are running around like in fact you know one of them said to us you know oh this dog uh, he sometimes he goes away and he comes back a few days later yep that's okay and then then you go to the next place and then they'll say oh we have a a litter of dogs oh really Mm -hmm. oh oh oh, somebody had just told me how their dog when am I a for a couple of days and now you're telling me this dog all of a sudden just had 16 puppies and you just found the baby daddy <laughs> correct yes and that's the interesting thing so in Mexico you know there's no it's it's two ends of the spectrum either the dog with the family I lived with in Cuernavaca their cocker spaniel went to the groomer every week had pink bows in its hair slept on like a diamond encrusted bed i mean it was <laughs> yes <Yeah>, spoiled <laughs> totally spoiled and then but the majority of mexico their protection they're chained up in the front yard yeah. there and that's just that's a culture and they mm. don't believe in spay and neutering i mean right. birth control for humans is tough to argue right down yeah. there as well so imagine right. yeah. for their dogs especially the men yeah it's that's the right. machismo it it's yeah. the but yeah. that's a cultural thing like the game that the drinking game they play where they like electrocute themselves where it's insane yeah. but it's machismo <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and so what's really cool is the organization we work with that helps that does that puts on the spay and neuter clinics um they have a coloring book for kids so when people are bringing their dogs to be spayed and neutered, they try to educate the children because that's where it starts. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that generation. But I'll say, since we started rescuing in Mexico, when we did feel like we were alone on an island, the amount of of Mexican citizens that are now taking street dogs into their yeah, homes, that are trying to re- re- rehabilitate them and find rescues from them, it's it's amazing. Wow. Like that's been really really cool to witness. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you know, like you were saying with the education, you know, with with Tap Act with the activism wing and the you know trying to stop the puppy selling that happens in the borders Mm -hmm. you should see on our social media posts there's actually a battle going on right now on one of our posts where there are people saying these people in mexico can't provide for their children this is how they provide for their children by selling these dogs well that's illegal first of all it's illegal in mexico to sell these puppies so we need the government and we've been we've worked with the mayor in tj we've been in his office multiple times really um and but it's overall a cultural issue where they don't look at these as baby puppies that need to be nurtured and right. loved. And right. it's a means to make money. Right. And it's it's a huge problem that mm-hmm. I by no means think we're going to solve. But the more education, the more people that are talking about mm-hmm. it, the more widespread it is. I mean, you see it now. You see these little 
pop up. I saw a little thing on YouTube like six months ago. These little like pop up shelters that were happening in Mexico City. They get a couple, you know, Mexican celebrities that are out there and they've got these little like um, they made them out of storage containers. Uh Um, little kennels to get street dogs healthy and then help Uh adopt them out. And, you know, um, there's an organization my good friend runs called RAD in TJ. um, And Petco just opened in TJ for the first time in history Mm. about six months ago. That's a big, that's a big uh, progress as far as, The fact that people are paying, and it's Petco prices that are, like, expensive. Right. Like, even where I was like, what? Um, And so we Yeah, we heard that, you know, buying dog food, in Baja is more, more expensive, expensive yeah. than because of taxes. Yes. yes. And so taxed. we cross it as much yeah. as we can. But if they see us crossing too much because yeah. we're in the big scary looking van and we always get pulled over by the Mexican Border Patrol, if they see too much of it, they'll seize it because they'll think that we're reselling it. And so right. like when we bring vaccines down, yeah, I mean, we've got to get really creative with how mm-hmm. we, because they have to be refrigerated. Uh, so we got to keep them on ice. And then, you know, on the trips we walk across, I mean, it's, we, I, we feel like drug smugglers yeah. where it's like, you're like taping them to your body. Like I just <laughs> want to vaccinate dogs. Um, uh-huh. But it's, yeah, it's very interesting. And so we partnered with her, mm-hmm. um, Petco had approached her and she doesn't do a lot of the dog adoptions in Mexico. She, she helps in a lot of other ways. Um, they have a big pet food company as well. Um, and we took over the in-store adoptions at Petco Tijuana with her. Um, And when we met with them, though, it was made very clear is we will only get involved with this because, listen, I rescue dogs to take them out of Mexico. Right. Mm -hmm. Not to say that there aren't amazing dog owners in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But it has to be an American way. So if you guys want to abide by our rules, we're not charging $5 adoption fees like they do in Mexico. Right. Um, The dogs have to be spay and neutered. They have to be completely vetted. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to do a home check which is mm-hmm. a very foreign concept in right. Mexico. Um, and there was a line out the door every Saturday nice. to adopt those dogs. Wow. That so progress. That's, yes. And that's helping to change the culture and mm-hmm. to change the mindset and the way they look at it. Um, but it's really important because the Humane Society there, it's $5 and you adopt a dog that doesn't have vaccine. The only vaccine that any of the shelters will provide in Mexico yeah. are rabies. Why? Yeah. And they do it for free. Why? Because animals are considered pests. Mm. They want to make really? sure that somebody doesn't, a dog doesn't bite a human and give them rabies. Otherwise, they don't no. care because that's been a problem for us because I can't take dogs out of their pound or out of their humane society because they're not vaccinated. And why aren't they vaccinated? Did we find out in a meeting in the mayor's office with some of the biggest players in the animal world in Mexico? Because the vet union the veterinary union in Mexico says that the shelter would be taking business away from them if they were to vaccinate the dogs. Oh my gosh. Mm. But a business. So it's a, it was, it's, it's a total bis- business. business. And, the, but on the flip side, you're going to bring dogs into a shelter that's riddled with distemper, riddled with parvo. Mm-hmm. And these dogs are just, it's a death trap. Mm-hmm. They're just going to die if you're not going to protect them with a simple vaccine. We've, been in talks with them can we just under the table give you vaccines Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that you can protect these dogs Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to get into too much detail but you know you've got to take things into your own hands and do what's best for the dogs well i think that you know i think that obviously there is a huge progress we all dominic and i always talk about how you know living in san diego and live across and, and having the border so close it's like we really are like a different it's almost like it's a different neighborhood right yeah. like it's like a neighborhood and and truly we have this um 
community of people like all ourselves um, that look at it that way. And I think that the education, everything, everything goes, everything that we do can, you know, go there and and vice versa. And it's very obvious that the education is is working. Yes. You know, and that the fostering is working. The fact that you guys have had record, uh, you know adoptions during COVID-19 is a good sign. Yes. It's a really, really good sign. Very So I think we really have come a long way. And God bless you guys and all of you that really take the time to foster these dogs. Mm. Because it's not easy. No. We have one. We want to get a second one. She's over here like, no, I want to be the only child. Right. We've been, I mean, we've been talking to her for four years. Like, you've got to pay, you know, you know, pay it back. Yeah. And we got to get another one in here. So for, for, for all of you that really take that time to really bring them in and, the, and, and, and all of the, the volunteers, it's incredible. They're phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're, I'm in awe of them every day. And I always say the fosters are truly the true heroes of rescue. Yeah. They really yeah. are, because without yeah. them, we couldn't survive. They keep it going. Yeah. So so people can go to theanimalpad.org. Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Yeah. Or on or social follow. media, at the animal pad, uh, at tap activists as well, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. We really appreciate your time. Thank it was a lot of fun. Me. I mean, we're animal lovers, so to be able to talk about it on the podcast That's is always awesome. fun for us. I'm going to get you guys to come down on one of the trips with us. Yes. Done. Yeah. We done are ready and to go. done. Yeah. And done. if you ever want to just feed street dogs, like we do that, you yeah. know, whenever yeah. we have free time. Yeah. yeah. When, um, when do you can... think, I mean, it's probably hard to say, when do you think you'll have your next trip down? I mean, I, people are really Asking. dying to get back down there oh, yeah. and it's going to come down to them if they're comfortable being in the bus mm-hmm. I mean obviously we'll follow every safety sure. I already had of course back to my branding craziness animal pad face mask made um, so I as soon as they will allow us we're itching we're going <laughs> um, well, we so will uh, we once will it, let you know once you're ready yes. we'll share it and, with and we'll our... let you know tomorrow we're crossing we're crossing tomorrow we'll let you know but <laughs> yeah. yes I yeah. think I, I think it, as soon as as soon as Ensenada is what you're is what it's you're saying reopens. It opens then you're you're right but like we're in tj all the time so right. i'll be there saturday so if you guys are still down there i'll be in rosarito oh, okay yeah, picking we'll up dogs you. from ensenada okay oh, nice. yeah we're, we'll we are actually uh well crystal from pretty horses rescues doesn't know this yet but we we're planning on heading there on saturday right? I'd, yeah. and i'd love to meet her oh yeah that'd be fun help oh, take gosh. dogs you guys are on like the u.s so side talk about passion yeah yeah, love that, to meet I her. mean, just another another uh, superwoman like yourself. Great. Oh, yeah. I'd love to meet her and see yeah. how we can help. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Well, thank you very thank much you. for your time. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Voz de la guitarra mía Al despertar la mañana Quiere cantar su alegría a mi tierra.